<laughs> we are in the middle of a series. Last week we started part one of the series on hearing God's voice. And I actually last week shared primarily with you on actually why we need to hear God's voice. What's the purpose? What's the reason we need to hear God's voice? And we kind of opened that up and looked at that last week. We also last week spoke a little bit about one of the greatest hindrances to hearing God's voice, which is a hard heart. And Jesus actually said, he said, you have eyes to see and ears to hear, but yet you do not see and you do not hear. So your spiritual eyes and ears are closed. And the reason why was because their hearts had become dull. Their hearts had become hardened. And so we looked at that last week. This week, I want to um, dive into making it a little bit more practical. And this will be a little bit unconventional because, you know, oftentimes when you want to hear about hearing the voice of God, there's sort of three or four points. And, you know, this will be a little different more than likely this morning. Because I truly believe that there is one major key that we need to understand when it comes to hearing the voice of God today as a Christian. But before we get to that, let's dive right in. It's good to, uh, to be here and to be with you. Amen. And uh, I'm excited about what God is doing. Next week we have Will Hart. Yeah, I think that's going to be special. Excited about that. Who's Will Hart? Doesn't matter, just be here. <laughs> just come. It's going to be great. Amen. <clears throat> The first thing I need for you to understand, and, 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 and I'm laying this foundation, and it is very foundational because it's important that you understand that if you're sitting here this morning or you're watching online, you must understand that in order to hear God's voice, you first have to be saved. The way to hearing His voice is to be saved. There are many people that desire to hear supernatural things or God, and they go to fortune tellers, they go to mediums, they go to spiritualists, they go to these people that use the supernatural. And I want you to know right off the cuff that that is not God. In fact, that is divination, a form of sorcery and witchcraft, which is absolutely dangerous. And you don't want to mess with that. God is the one who has been speaking from the beginning. That is an imitation of God, of people that, you know, are rebellious to God, not wanting to, to follow the Lord, but rather do things their own way. And unfortunately, the spirits and the powers that work there are not the Spirit of God. Amen. So John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. If you want to hear from God, if you want to have a relationship with God, Jesus Christ is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. There is no other way to access Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who was in the beginning and spoke everything that you see in existence into being with His voice. What a voice. Amen. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. This is the voice of the great shepherd. This is Jesus' voice. 
to hear God, to hear Jesus, we must know the shepherd, the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.18 says it like this. For it is through him, this is Jesus, that we both, whether far off or near, no matter where you are, now have an introduction, access to the Holy Spirit, to the Father, so that we are able to approach him. It's because of Jesus that we are able to approach him. Therefore, you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens excluded from the rights of citizenship. But you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself. And you belong to God's own household. Because of Jesus, you have access to the family of God. What's awesome about being part of a family is once you spend a certain amount of time with someone, you begin to recognize them in so many different ways. I can be, um, you know, if I, if I walk into the room and my wife just looks at me, she doesn't have to say one word and I know what's going on. If she just gives me a look, you know, it's either a nice, good look, like the one she's giving me now, thank you, Jesus, or... I can look at her when I say something I shouldn't up here, something a little naughty, and she'll give me this look, you know, and I know I'm in trouble. She doesn't have to say anything, but I know her. That's how it is in the family of God. You begin to know the Lord. When you do things, when you say things, when you, when you, when you move and around, and you, you begin to know His voice. You begin to learn His voice. His voice is... So wonderful. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. It's something that will begin to take place more and more in your life as you grow in your walk with God. You will begin to recognize his voice. Now, as believers, there is one method of hearing the voice of God that almost every Christian knows about. And I'm going to start there this morning. And the reason I'm starting there is because where I'm going, I want you to understand that even this method that I'm going to share with you now, you will never fully understand unless you understand the next method. Okay. Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. If you want to know what's true, where do you go to the scriptures? And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Probably the most common and most taught method of hearing God's voice today is through his word. And that is absolutely accurate. God speaks to us through his word, through the written word, he speaks to us. You can study what God is like. You can study his nature. You can study his ways. You can study his things, exploits, what he's done. You can learn the words of Jesus. You can study scripture. God will speak to you through his word. No question about that. So if you don't study his word, you will not hear his voice through his word. So if you're a believer, especially if you're a new believer, I strongly encourage you to begin to seek after God's voice in his word because you will be spoken to through his word. I taught you last week that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this starts to lead me into the second point here this morning. 
Because even though we can talk about different methods to hear God's voice, there is an entity in the Godhead that we need to know in order for us to truly hear God's voice. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How do we hear God's voice? How do we hear that word that comes from, from the Lord when he wants to speak to us on a daily basis? How do we do that? You see, Jesus is the one who told us how we would hear his voice when he was no longer on the earth. If you go to John 14, 16, the Bible tells us this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Everyone say forever. So how long will this other helper be here? How long will he be with you? Forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. This is Jesus telling us about another helper. This helper is the Holy Spirit. The primary method that you will hear God's voice as a Christian today is by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that speaks to us today. And I'll prove this to you undoubtedly as we go on this morning. Many Christians will say, well, I heard God's audible voice. Is that impossible? Absolutely not. God can do whatever he wants. He'll even use a donkey. God can use an angel to speak to you. But it doesn't happen that often. And he even warns about angels because some of them glow in the dark, but they are evil. So he says they'll come to you and they'll be full of light but you must watch out for them because they're false. Everything must be tested by the word of God. Everything that you hear that you believe is God must be tested by the word of God. But the primary way that God will speak to you and I is the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted us to know this. He wanted his disciples to know this. That's why he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send another helper, a pa the, the paraclete, the parakletos. He will come. The word parakletos is comforter. My dad's sitting over here. He's Greek. He gets upset with me because I, can't, I cannot articulate the power of the meaning of that word, of just how awesome what that, what that word actually means, the fullness of this Holy Spirit. You see, when he says another there, he's basically trying to say, I'm gonna send one that's just like me, another one, another helper, just like me. He will come to you and he says to his disciples, he says that he will dwell with you. I will not leave you orphans. He's gonna, he's gonna abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. In other words, this Holy Spirit, this voice of God, this entity that is part of the Godhead, he's the one who's gonna reveal truth to you. He's the one who's gonna speak to you. Let's see what else Jesus says. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, again we see it, 
who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. If you want to know Jesus, you must know the Holy Spirit. The word on its own, the logos, the written word will not reveal Jesus to you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Only the Holy Spirit can open your eyes to truly understand the Messiah. That's why they can, there can be biblical prophecy. There can be things written, and we look and say, how can, like for example, how can the, the children of Israel, how can the Jews not see that Jesus is the Messiah? They can't see because their eyes have been shut. They don't have the Holy Spirit like we do. Do you understand? Don't get mad at me. It's the truth. Amen. I love them so much. They're the people of God as well. Amen. But they cannot see it. There's a veil. The Bible tells us about this veil that's in front of their eyes. They can't see it. Unfortunately, today, there are many Christians that, that have a lot of biblical knowledge but know nothing of God. They don't know the Holy Spirit. They don't recognize the voice of God. They don't even know, as the Bible says, whether there is a Holy Spirit or not. You want to hear God's voice, you must know the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, I want you to see in all three examples, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. Why is this important? Because it's the Holy Spirit that will reveal truth to you. Whenever somebody comes and it's not the truth, you must know it's not the Holy Spirit. If it contradicts God's word in any way, it's not the Holy Spirit. There will be no new anything. It will be confirmed in his word. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So not only will he lead you, not only will he guide you, how does he lead? He leads with his voice. The Holy Spirit leads with his voice. Take a look. John 16, 13. Let's read it again. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. How? For he will not speak on his own authority, but he, what he, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is the one who will be speaking to you. If you want to know what God sounds like, you need to know the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who is revealing truth, showing you the way that you should go. He's the one that is speaking to us all the time. You see, we can talk about praying and reading and all of that stuff, but if we don't know the Holy Spirit, we will never hear God. Because He is God. Amen. So if the Holy Spirit is the one speaking to us, the question has to be, how does He speak? How will we be able to hear Him? What does he sound like? What does he say? How does he speak to us? Does he speak in another language? We can have a long debate about that. How does he speak? The Bible actually tells us. Now, 
Many times you'll hear people come to you and say, I mean, it was amazing. I spoke this message straight after the service. This lady came and shared a testimony with me. And she told me how, you know, she had this healing last night because the Lord spoke to her. And I was thinking about how she was telling me how the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks to us. Oftentimes the Lord does speak to us. It's like a still, a small, still voice. The reality is when we really break it down, you actually hear nothing. You just know. You just know that God spoke to you. But I also want you to recognize that not every time you think you've heard God, you've heard God. If I walk into the room and Pastor Brian has been crying and I look at his face, I can say, oh, Brian, I can see that, you know, you're sad today. What's happened? Oh, Pastor Alex, you're such a man of God. No, man, I saw you were crying. It's, you know, there was no discerning of nothing there. It was just common sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? So not everything is always the voice of God. We have intuition. We can read people. When you can sit next to someone, you can see this person's been hurt. They're doing well. They're not doing well. You can see that. But there are times where there's no question that God has spoken to me. The Bible teaches us in Romans 8:14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Last week, I told you and shared with you how this scripture is not the same as children of God. Children of God, we are all children of God, but not everyone reaches the, a point of maturity where they are able to be led by the Spirit. My sheep hear my voice. How does the Lord lead us? With his voice. So when you are able to begin to hear God's voice, his leading, that's when you become a son of God, a more mature believer. That's God's desire, listen to me now, for every one of you. He desires that you be led by the Spirit. That's his desire for you and I. The primary way that you will hear God speak is by the Holy Spirit. So yes, you'll get these impressions. You'll begin to recognize his voice. But scripture tells us how he actually speaks. Let's go take a look. Let's go to Acts chapter number two, verse number 14. Acts chapter two, verse 14. This is the day of Pentecost. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice. The Holy Spirit had already been poured out on them. And Peter was preaching his sermon. He raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose. For it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that this is, this, is, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now he's about to tell us what Joel had prophesied about what would take place on the earth. He says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Where, he's saying, listen, what you're seeing here, these activities, these people that are, are, are praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues and all this stuff going on, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that the Holy Spirit will be poured out in the last days. That was the beginning of the last days, just by the way. So the Holy Spirit is being poured out. What's going to happen 
when he's poured out. I'm so glad you're asking. Let's take a look. He says, then I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. When the Holy Spirit is poured out on you, something happens to you that could not happen to you before. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. The Holy Spirit's language is the language of visions, dreams, and prophecy. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and I through a vision, through a dream. He will speak to us through prophecy. Now, in Corinthians 14, at the beginning of Corinthians 14, Paul teaches the church when he talks to them about desiring spiritual gifts. He says, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you will prophesy. So prophecy is important. At the beginning of the book of Acts, we see prophecy. In fact, when we look at Joel's prophecy, he mentions, uh, Joel's prophecy, he mentions the word prophecy two times. So it's vision, dreams, prophecy, prophecy. Twice. Why? Because God's people will always choose to not hear from him for themselves. So he still wants to encourage you. He still wants to exhort you. He still wants to edify you. He still wants to bless you. So he will even use others to prophesy to you. If you don't believe that, don't get mad at me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will show you things to. Prophecy is just that. Showing you things to come. Encouraging you, strengthening you. So prophecy is important. The Holy Spirit speaks through prophecy. That's one method. The other way that he speaks is visions. He speaks in visions. The problem is, is that many Christians have no desire to build themselves up, to build their spirit man up, to build your inner man up. That's why you never know whether it's a vision of you eating lunch at McDonald's or a true vision from God. Dreams, and I'm going to come back to visions and dreams in a moment. Dreams. People have dreams in the night that God will visit you in the night and speak to you in dreams. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how He speaks. But not every dream is from God. You ate too much cheese last night and had weird dreams. Don't come and ask me to interpret your weirdness. Um, no. When God speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you in a dream, friends, it's like no other dream. You just know. Pharaoh dreamt many times. He only called Joseph once. Because that dream he knew was different. Those of you that were here last night, it's like the dream I had last week. I knew. I dream pretty much every night lately. Strange stuff. But on Tuesday night, I had a dream that I knew was God. At three o'clock, I jumped out of my bed, ran to my prayer closet, and began to seek the Lord because I knew it was a different vision. Why? The Holy Spirit was speaking to me in the language of the Spirit, which is visions, dreams, prophecy. So it's important that you understand that not every vision or dream is from the Holy Spirit. The problem today is so many believers... So many believers believe all kinds of things. And so many believers don't believe in this at all. But he said that 
when the, Joel prophesied that this is what would happen. If you think visions and dreams is a new thing, let's go to the book of Job. Let's go to Job 33, verse 14. Many will argue that this is the most ancient book in Scripture. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In dream, in vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. What's interesting though, if you study it, you'll find out that in the Old Testament, God only spoke in visions and dreams to few individuals. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit has been given to all of us. And the language of the Holy Spirit is able to be heard by each and every one of us. So he can speak to you in a vision or in a dream or through prophecy. Is this too much? Did you, I mean, I could come in and say, listen, we have to read the Bible, pray every day. You know, God speaks to us in nature. God speaks, no, the Holy Spirit's the one who speaks to you in all of those things. He speaks to you through the word. He speaks to you in nature. He speaks to you. Some people can go outside and look at a sunset and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to them. But I want you to know, it's not the sunset that speaks to you. It's the spirit of the living God that lives on the inside of you that's speaking to you. Maybe you should get to know him. Everything that this that has happened to me as, a, as, as the biggest moves that have happened to me in my life as a believer have all started with a vision or a dream. When I planted this church, it was a vision. God spoke to me in a vision. I was praying for hours. I, I had an open vision about the church, planting the church. God didn't, this is not how it happened. It wasn't like I saw the church building. And then the voice of the Lord came and said, Alex, you will open a church in Vero Beach. No, I had a vision of a tent, but I knew where it was. I opened the doors of the tent or the curtain of the tent and I looked inside and I saw the people. And I knew that God was asking me to plant a church. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to do it. So when I knew in my spirit that God was saying, I want you to go plant a church, I knew it wasn't me. You can ask my wife, we never had plans to do this, ever. I wanted to be an evangelist, blow in, blow out, blow up, awesome. That's awesome. You know, leave the pastor with the trouble, I can just move on to the next town. You know, that was my calling, there's no question. But God had other plans and he spoke to me in a vision. But what's important is what I'm about to share with you. How do you know that it is God? Listen, guys, you don't need to study books on dream interpretation, on how to interpret visions. The Bible will tell you everything you need to know. And if God gives you a vision, he will give you the interpretation. It will come. Don't get weird and wonderful. Just be wonderful. So how can we be sure it is God's voice. You see, the first thing we must re remember, God's voice will never contradict Scripture. So He will never tell you something that in any way contradicts what His Word, His Logos, has said. Never. That's His full counsel. He will never contradict His Word. The second thing, and I've shared with you out of 2 Timothy 3.16, how all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction. We understand that. That's what the Word of God is for. No matter what voice, no matter what vision, no matter what prophet, no matter what you get, it cannot contradict His Word. If it does, it is not from Him. 
The second thing is God's voice normally comes with peace. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule, act as umpire. See, his voice, his peace comes as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds. And dwell in you in all its richness as you teach and, and, and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom in spiritual things. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody to God with His grace in your hearts. The Holy Spirit will act as an umpire. The, the peace of God will come as an umpire when you feel you've heard God's voice. When God spoke to me about planting the church here at Oceans, I did not move immediately, and I'll explain why in a moment because it's my next point. I didn't move immediately, but because I didn't move, I had no peace. So I want you to recognize when God's voice comes, peace will be the result. When? When you listen to it. That doesn't mean that every time his voice comes, it's going to give you goosebumps and make you feel good. Sometimes his voice will come to challenge you. But when you choose to follow his voice, that umpire of peace will be present. Are you with me? So it's not just hearing his voice that gives you peace. It's making the decision to follow his voice. Because sometimes his voice will come and challenge you. Which is what it did with us. I remember when, when, when I heard the voice of God concerning planning the church, I didn't follow through immediately because I was waiting for a few things. I became increasingly uncomfortable and had less peace and less peace to the point where I was physically in anguish. But you see, there were some things I was waiting for. I first, and this is my next point, I first needed confirmation. I needed confirmation. When God speaks to you about a major decision in your life, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and often confirm it. Listen, if God tells me to plant a church, move to Mexico, fly to Germany, or whatever it is that's a major decision that's going to affect my life, Lord, I'm going to need some confirmation. Please, Holy Spirit, give me confirmation. And he does. Now watch. Galatians 1.1, Paul, an apostle, watch this now, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So Paul is saying, listen, I'm an apostle. And this apostleship that I have does not come from man's approval, has not been given to me by God. This apostleship was given to me from the Lord alone. Are you with me? It was not given to me by any man. However, he also tells us on the day that it was confirmed. Watch this. Let's go to Acts 13, verse number 1. Acts 13, verse number 1. I'll be finished soon, but not yet. 
Acts 13.1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, that Saul there being Paul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, watch this now. Oh, I like this next part. The Holy Spirit said, who spoke? Ah. So the one you will hear from is the Holy Spirit. They were waiting in unity to hear the Holy Spirit speak. Anyway, the, the Lord, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. What work? The work of the apostleship. That was the work that they were called to. If you read scripture, you will find that out. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and then they sent them away. The one who called Paul was the Lord. He called him to be an apostle, but he did not move out of Antioch until there was confirmation. If you study the story in the life of Paul, which I have, you'll find out that initially, after the Lord had come to him, he tried to do things on his own, and it did not go well. So he went back to Antioch and spent some time there and waited till God confirmed his calling. Before you do anything great and mighty and move to a different city, to a different state, change location, change job, guys, wait for confirmation. The Lord will give it to you. Now, I mean, I'm not saying God can't speak to you and you know that you know that you know. Of course he can. But what I am saying is primarily he will confirm his word. Are you with me? Another way that you can be sure or confident about a word from the Lord is check with your leadership in the church. Check with your pastor. Check with one of the pastors, with a zone leader, with a cell leader. Check with someone that's in a position of authority. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. It is a wise thing to seek counsel when you believe God has spoken to you about a major decision. I'm not talking about everyday stuff. If God tells you to turn left and not right, please don't send me an email. Are you with me? But if it's a major decision, reach out to a leader in the church that can give you good counsel. It's the right thing and it's a wise thing to do. I've had people over the years that have come to me when they walk into my office, they don't ask any counsel. They tell me God has spoken. At that point, I keep quiet. But if someone walks into my office and says, you know, Pastor Alex, I really feel the Lord is calling us to do this and this and this. How do you feel? What do you believe? And I can weigh in. But I'm not gonna weigh in if you tell me that God has spoken, this is it. And I've seen many, many times people that have done that and it hasn't turned out well. I'm not saying that I or any other leader is the be and end all. We make mistakes too. But seeking counsel from a leader in the church is, is wise. The second way you can get counsel or agreement is your spouse. If you're married and your husband or your wife believes the Lord has spoken, I think it is wise to wait for the other to come into agreement. When God spoke to me about planning the church initially, Naomi was not excited about it. 
because we had plans. We were moving to Jupiter. We were going to put our daughter in this awesome school, Jupiter Christian Church School, or whatever it was. We were all excited. Everything was planned. And suddenly God had taken us in the other direction. So I would not move until she gave me the yes. I believe that it is God. I'm on board. So I had to wait. That's when I became increasingly uncomfortable. But I didn't put pressure on her. She knew how I felt, but I trusted that God would speak to her. So we went to a conference in Orlando. And in Orlando, Will Hart, the guy that's coming next week, walks up to us, long story of how it all happened, and says, your bags are already packed. You are going to be going in two weeks. You'll know your residence. You are moving. You're going to plant. Naomi did what we call the ugly cry. (laughs) While we were driving home, she said to me, the Lord wants us to do this. Let's go. Immediately, I got peace. Just like that. Too many times today, don't get mad at me, especially women, have a tendency to say, God has told me this is what we have to do. Your husband doesn't come on board, but because you believe you're more spiritual, you're going to make the decision, and that's not right. It is not right. You will win your husband over with your conduct and with your love. Now, obviously, guys, every situation is unique, but the Bible does tell us, Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior's body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. There is an incredible balance to this. Submission comes when it is deserved. Okay, I'm not going to get into all of that this morning, but the point that I'm trying to make is that you must understand that you want to be in unity. I've had, I had a precious lady in the church many years ago. I don't want to take too long with the story, but it's a good story. And she came to me, and she, she was coming to church on Wednesday nights, on Tuesday nights. She was, I think she was, she was at church on Friday, women's Bible study, and she was at church on Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. And she came to me, and she said, you know, my husband, he's not a bad guy. He's, you know, he, he does this a little bit and that a little bit, but he's actually a good man. But, you know, Pastor Alex, I'm, I'm not happy with him. And, you know, I think that, you know, and she was even to the point of, like, maybe I should leave him kind of thing. And she said to me, you know, and he's so bad, all he wants me to do is stop going to church. So I said to her, well, then maybe you should listen to him. You're all looking at me like, how could I say that? I didn't tell her to stop coming to church completely. I said, you know what? If he wants to go for a breakfast thing on, the, on Sunday morning, come to church Sunday night. So she, she tried it. She, I said to her, make him breakfast. But he's so awful to me, make him breakfast. She made him breakfast. She went for breakfast with him a couple of times. The next thing, he was in church with her. Then he got saved. Then we couldn't keep him out of church anymore. Are you with me? Now I know not every story is like that, but the point is come into agreement. Come into agreement. Are you with me? I know that most of you will like this, except those of you that are young. A child should also look for confirmation from his parents, his or her parents. 
Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Let me teach you all a lesson this morning. In Pentecostal charismatic circles, unfortunately, many times people want to prophesy over your children or lay hands on your children. I'm the authority over my children. If you have a word for my child, you come and tell me. And then I will judge it and decide whether it's worthy to be given to her or not. Yes, I said it, worthy. Whether it is from the Lord. You're not going to speak a word over my child that is not from God. Amen. And same for you. I feel as protective over your children as my own. That's why things must always be done, the Bible says, decently and in order. If I feel comfortable with the leader, I may even not even need to hear the word. I'll say, you can go. I feel peace. Go ahead, you know. But I don't believe that it should just be free for all. Do you know how many times I've heard people go up to someone and say, well, you know, I believe the Lord is telling me that that person is going to marry you. You go and tell my daughter that someone's going to marry them, and I will come riding on a white horse with fire in my eyes towards you. God is a God of order, guys. Are you with me? But children, let me speak this to you. Look for confirmation from your parents if they are serving the Lord especially. But even if they're not, don't rebel against them. Let your conduct be what turns them. Amen. All of these things are ways that the Holy Spirit will confirm what he has said to you. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I want to encourage you this morning, guys. There are many people today still in the church world that don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. I'm not saying that he will only speak to you in visions and dreams, but that's one of the ways that he speaks. He definitely is that still small voice that sometimes speaks to you, but you need to get to know him. I remember when I moved to the US and got involved with a church in Stewart, there was this Spanish couple that I love so much and will forever be grateful for what they taught me. I came out of a ministry that was so wonderful. I'm so grateful for the ministry I come out of. But as a young Christian, sort of evangelistic flair, you know, I was very much about the power of God, you know. And then I met this Spanish guy, and he had this amazing relationship with God. And one day he came to me all upset, and he said, you know, Alex, he said, you power, power, power. He said, me, love, love, love. But I used to watch him and I used to actually be jealous of his relationship with God. He would tell me things about his relationship with the Holy Spirit that I couldn't understand. And I never shared this with the first group, but I'll share it with you. And it, you know, I'm gonna share it with you. I remember one morning waking up very early and I went into my prayer room and I... Um, put the worship music on and I began to pray. And then I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, Holy Spirit, do you like this song? Do you like this song? Never mind how I feel, do you like it? And I felt like he did. 
And I remember like, it was the presence of God became so strong in my room because I was considering him more than myself. And you know, there's more detail that I just would rather not share. But it was one of the most powerful moments in my life. And you know what's interesting is that today, when we planted the church, when God spoke to me about what we would do, it was teach and demonstrate his love and power. Because you will never experience all that God has for you until you have a relationship with him. The part of God that you should get to know and that will reveal Jesus and the Father to you is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who is speaking. He's the one who will show you things to come. When he gives you a vision, it will change your life. When he gives you a dream in the night, brothers and sisters, you will wake up and you will feel the presence of God. You will run and you will, it changes you when the Holy Spirit speaks. This is the desire for all believers. How can I say that? Because he's given his spirit to all of us. He didn't give more of the Holy Spirit to him and less to me. He gave us the same Holy Spirit available to each and every one of us. It's not him that doesn't want to speak. It's us that doesn't choose to listen. So my prayer for you this morning, my desire for you, and I'm preaching to the choir here, guys, is that you will remember your first love and spend time with him. And then you will hear his voice. When you read the word, the Holy Spirit will show you a scripture. When you're praying, you'll be praying. I remember I would be, I would be praying and I'd be praying in the spirit and praying in the spirit and praying in the spirit and I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. And all of a sudden, everything changes. It wasn't like a flash of light and an open window or, or, or a voice from heaven. It just changed. The, what was in my mind, the, what I was seeing was no longer the same. It was something different. And now God is speaking. And I can't tell you when it started and when it stopped, but I know what he said in between. And I had a vision and he showed me a young girl and this is what happened to her and this is what was gonna take place tonight when I got to the church and stuff like that. That's how he speaks. But it, was, it happened while I was pursuing him. Yes, every day he'll speak to you. I speak to God all day, every day. But it's not the same as when I go and I seek him. Jesus said, go into the secret place. Shut the door behind you. Spend time on developing your spirit so that you can hear his spirit. I could speak for hours about that right there. But I think I've said enough. God is speaking to us today more than ever. And right now in the way the world is, we need to hear his voice. So my prayer for you is that you would hear his voice. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we can learn about five points on how to hear the voice of God, and they're good points. But I know your desire is that we know you more. Holy Spirit, you have been sent by Jesus to be our helper, our paraclete. I pray, Lord, that we would embrace all of who you are.
that we would grow into those that are led by the Spirit and become sons and daughters of the Most High. I pray, Lord, that everyone in this building would have a desire, even those watching online, a desire to know your voice more. I'm so grateful for everything that you have done, but also look forward to what is yet to come. I thank you for these people. I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, if I can ask every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've come here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, you cannot hear the Holy Spirit. But he is knocking at the door and has a desire to come in and change your life. You may have lots of friends, but you've never had a friend like this. And this morning, if you've come here and you say, Pastor Alex, I want to give my life to Jesus. I also want to hear God speak to me. I want to have a relationship with him. If that's you, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. Quickly slip your hand up. God bless you, young man. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me this morning. Today's the day I want to give my life to Jesus. God bless you, sir. Anybody else say, Pastor, today I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my heart to him. I don't want to wait anymore. God bless you in the back. I see that hand. Thank you so much. That call, and also I want to make this call. If you've come here this morning and maybe you used to serve the Lord, but you've lost your way, you've backslidden, you've strayed away from God, you haven't served Him the way you should, you don't hear His voice anymore, but you say, Pastor, today I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to come back to Him. If that's you, slip your hand up and I'll include you in this prayer. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Last call. If you're any one of those two things, never given your life to Jesus or want to come back to him this morning, quickly slip your hand up and I'll include you in the prayer. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Now, if I can ask you, don't, don't hesitate, guys. If you raised your hand, quickly stand up. I want to pray for you. Don't be afraid. Quickly stand up. Come on. There were so many of you. God bless you. God bless you. Stand up, those of you in the back. God bless you. That's it, young man. Stand up. God bless you. God bless you. If you've raised your hand and you stood up, come quickly to the front. I want to pray for you. Don't be afraid. Come, come, come. That's it. Come to the front. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Amen. Come on, church. Let's encourage them as they come forward. God bless you. So awesome, so wonderful. Amen. That's okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I really pray that the morning the Lord will comfort you and that he'll heal your heart. There's nothing harder. My, my wife lost her father just a couple of years ago. It was one of the most difficult things. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. Guys, if you've come forward, I want to pray a special prayer with you this morning. But you need to pray this prayer from your heart. I can see that the Lord has really gotten a hold of you guys. I can see the Lord is working in you. I can see he's working in you, young man. And I just, I want to encourage you this morning. Just, guys, just 
Just follow God. I'm not, I'm not telling you that now you've given your life to Jesus. All of a sudden, life is going to be easy and wonderful. Life still happens. But with God, it just is different. He gets you through everything, and there's a purpose. It's the most wonderful thing. So if I can ask you, church, let's pray with him. But you in the front, pray this prayer this morning from your heart. And I believe that he will save you. Let's pray together. Say, Father, I come to you today. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in your book of life. I believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Now I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for these precious people. Lord, as they've, as they've confessed you as Savior this morning, I pray that their hearts also would be turned towards you and that you would touch them and that they would never be the same again. I pray, Lord, her life will change from this moment and she will enter into joy like never before. Many have rejected you, but he will never reject you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this precious young lady. Thank you for this precious young lady, Lord. Thank you for this young man, Father. Touch his heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heal this precious young lady, Father. Heal her heart, Father, in Jesus' name. This precious lady takes boldness to come forward, but it's so worth it. Bless her, Father. Bless this young man, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. A new beginning for you, young man. In Jesus' name. Bless this lady. Bless this man, Father. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. Amen. If you guys over here have a look to your left, there's a pastor waving at you over there. And there's somebody behind you who wants to encourage you and pray for you. If you could follow him out, we want to just bless you and give you something. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Come on, church. One more. Let's give him one more round of applause. God bless you. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. Amen. Bless you guys. Go ahead. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Bless you guys. Thank you. Bless you so much. Bless you. They may not have heard his voice before, but they're hearing his voice now. Amen. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. When you hear the call of the Spirit's voice and you answer, He gives you rest. He heals your heart and He restores you. My prayer for each of you as you go tomorrow into Labor Day, behave yourselves. <laughs> be careful. Be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make you have good rest. Enjoy your family. And may he bless you in the following week as well. Come back next week as we celebrate the King of Kings here in this place in Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. Amen. Amen.